0: I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. Here at Ministry Watch, we bring you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy. News that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective. Our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. These midweek extra episodes are a chance for us to go deep with a particular topic. And today I'm pleased to have back on the program, Ron Sellers. Ron Sellers is the president of Gray Matter Research and Consulting. Ron Sellers and I discuss a new study that his organization has done in conjunction with Infinity Concepts. That study was published about a week ago, and it's called The Generosity Factor, Evangelicals and Giving. Before we jump into that interview, I just want to note that we have a way for you to get your own copy of this nearly 40-page report in the show notes. There will be a link there. All you've got to do is click on it. It'll take you straight to that study. Well, Ron, welcome back to the program. It's uh, great to chat with you today about the generosity factor evangelicals in giving. And I've got to say, I mean, you guys have done some great work um, over the years, and we featured some of that work here on this podcast and at and Ministry Watch. But uh, I must say, Ron, that I think this study is one of the more interesting studies that you've done. I, I found Um, Something that I thought was interesting and in some cases alarming on just about every page. And I think one of the things that I found was just um, the fact that there are lots of evangelicals. I think your report says something around 19% of people who who identify as evangelicals—I mean, we're not talking about the population as a whole—gave nothing to either church or charity. Uh, am I getting that number right? Is that close?
1: Uh, unfortunately, yes, you are getting that number correct. Uh, we, we define the evangelical population. When I say we, this is Gray Matter Research, which is my company, and Infinity Concepts, which is our partners on, uh, on this study. So we defined uh, evangelical according to uh, the, the definition of the National Association of Evangelicals. And it's according to beliefs. You'll see a lot of other research out there purporting to be among evangelicals, but it's based on what people call themselves or if they attend the quote-unquote right church, et cetera. So we we, uh, were one of the first to take a look at giving with this definition. And it's, it's not really a surprise in a lot of ways, because I think there are many of us who tend to think that evangelicals are a pretty homogeneous set, a pretty homogeneous population. We all tend to act the same way. We all tend to believe the same thing. So there are core beliefs that evangelicals share because that's what defines them as evangelicals. But in terms of their behaviors, they're in a lot of ways, they're really all over the map. And yeah. that extends to giving as well. And, and yeah, one out of every five evangelicals over the past uh, 12 months preceding the study basically reported they didn't give a penny to church or to charity. Now, they may have given in other ways. They may have volunteered their time. They may have helped a friend with a loan or a gift. They may have given money to a homeless person or something like that. But the the traditional methods that uh, we think of for giving, which is the church offering plate or offering box or sending a check or credit card or whatever to charity, they, they just did nothing when it comes to that
0: yeah well then we'll uh if we have time ron we 'll talk about some of those alternative forms of giving because I was interested to know, for example, that crowdfunding uh campaigns actually started showing up in your survey as being a significant uh way that people gave, especially among younger uh groups i mean my my age not so much, but millennials uh, a good deal more and maybe we'll we'll get to that, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit um before we kind of moved on with some of that kind of data that I've tabled for the moment, is to um, talk about the tithe. Uh, you know, you, you, got, you go to some paints to to identify how you um, identify an evangelical, and of course you just mentioned some of those ways just now. You also go to some pains uh, early in the, the report that you put out, to talk about the tithe, you make the observation, for example, that 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 there's kind of this intramural argument that takes place among evangelicals about, you know, what is a tithe? Should you tithe your gross income? Should you tithe your net income? You know, um, is the tithe still the biblical standard? And you know, uh, from time to time, I will see that argument pop up um, on the internet, or you know, in books or magazine articles. You make the observation that that argument is more or less irrelevant because nobody's tithing. There are very, very few people, uh, even among evangelicals, that are actually tithing.
1: We found, and granted this is an estimate, uh, but we found only 13% of evangelicals give anything close to a tithe. And because we were, we were estimating this, uh, for instance, what we, what we basically did is we asked people to tell us their, their giving separately to church and to any other type of charity— as well as to give us their household income. Now, in a survey, nobody's gonna tell us their household income was $46,829 last year, right? So we use ranges, 40 to 50, 50 to 60,000, et cetera. So there's some element of estimation in this. And so there is a little bit of play. So we considered uh, to take that into account, we considered a tie to be 8% of household income given to church or charity, uh, 8% or more. And only 13% of evangelicals qualified under that. Uh, So you actually have more, it's more common in evangelical population to give nothing at all than it is to tithe.
0: Yeah. Wow. Which is, uh, I don't know, uh, I found that to be surprising. I mean, I i i have uh, been studying uh, giving philanthropy charity for many, many years uh, here at Ministry Watch, of course, you know, pretty directly, but also over the years. And, I, you know, and I've heard other statistics that said things like. You know, Americans usually give only about 1% to 2% of their income to charity. Evangelicals a little bit more than that on average. Those are the numbers that I've heard. But um, but to see the numbers in this study, um, I, I think, um, Ron, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think this study um, in some ways flies in the face of some of those historical numbers, that um, that what you're saying is it's even worse than you thought.
1: <laughs> well, it, it... Actually, with a lot of the numbers that I have seen in, in previous work that Grey Matter has done, uh, in studies that I've seen from other sources, you know, one of the challenges, of course, is always how you define giving. Uh, one other challenge is how you define evangelicals because depending on who's doing the research, they can make up anywhere from 7% of the US population to 35 or 40%. So obviously we have radical different, radically different definitions out there. But from from the, the, the research that we have done, one of the things we basically found when we partnered with Infinity Concepts on this is that um, the evangelical population really doesn't look that different from the general american population on these numbers when we use the same measurements when we use the same definitions etc it's it's really hard to tell an evangelical from a non-evangelical and on on the one hand you know you could look at that and say okay well they're they're just typical americans right this is more a story of how americans give than how evangelicals give But on the other hand, if evangelicals truly are called to be different, then you have to look at what are the ways that they should be different. And certainly one could argue biblically that generosity is among those ways where evangelicals should be different, but they're really not.
0: Yeah. Well, I've once heard a theologian say that the problem with American evangelicalism is that it is far too American and not so evangelical. And uh, it sounds to me that in some ways that's what you're saying as well, that uh, that American evangelicals share a lot more in common with Americans in general than with evangelicals who not only believe, but act in ways as if they believe um, the stuff that evangelicals are supposed to believe. So, for example, um, you identify an evangelical by, you know, some of the core beliefs that are identified by the National Association of Evangelicals, but when you look at their actual behavior—so, for example, somebody might say, I believe that the Bible is the ultimate authority— but when you ask them, do you actually read the Bible, uh, you discover that there's a wide range of actual behaviors, despite even among the people that say they believe the Bible. And that difference in behavior really is a predictor for how generous they're going to be, it sounds like.
1: Well, and I think that's really, in a lot of ways, if you, if you want to talk about this study as an indictment, and it, it's not meant to be an indictment, it's meant to be simply a reporting um, but if you if you do want if somebody wants to talk about this as an indictment of evangelicals, it really is more an indictment of the the broader spiritual place that evangelicals are in than it is necessarily an indictment of their giving. And and the reason I say that is a piece of good news out of the study is that we saw enormous differences according to the level of spiritual involvement that evangelicals have. So people who are part of a small group, people who read the Bible regularly, people who attend church regularly, and and I say people, evangelicals in all those categories. We see massive, massive differences between those who read the Bible regularly, those who read it infrequently or not at all. Uh, Same thing with church attendance, Bible study online, uh, small group participation. So in survey research, we need to be careful not to assign causality, not to say if two numbers are strongly correlated, in just looking at survey research, we can't say that A causes B or B causes A. But in this case, there is is such a a massive level of correlation between greater spiritual participation, greater involvement in the faith, and greater generosity, that it's, it's hard not to look at that and feel that there is causality involved there. We can't prove it, but it really does seem so strongly correlated and so consistently correlated.
0: Yeah, well, and, and just to kind of make—we can't drill into all these numbers. Let me just reiterate once again that we, that we, we will have a link to uh, this study, the complete study that you can look for or uh, your, look at yourself—I'm saying this to our listeners now, Ron— um, in the show notes, either on your podcast app or on our website. So you can click on it, it'll take you straight there. But just a couple of quick numbers here, Ron. So, for example, if, uh, if an evangelical reads the Bible weekly among that group, 83% uh, gave, but if they don't read the Bible, only 30% gave. So that's a huge swing. If they attend church monthly, 86% of that group were givers. But if they don't attend church at all, only 16%. I mean, that's the difference between 86 and 16%. That's a 70-point swing. That is a huge swing, no matter how you measure it.
1: Yeah, it really is. And if there's for those who want to get the report— I would direct their attention to page 19, which probably tells the story almost better than anything else in the study, where we see an absolute direct linear correlation between generosity level, defined as the proportion of household income that goes toward Church of Charity and level of Bible readership. So for instance, the average generosity of those who rarely or never read the Bible is 0.7% of household income that is given away. That rises to 1% among those who read it monthly or less, 1.9% if they're reading it two to three times a month, 2.5% if they're reading it weekly, 3% if they're reading it a few times a week, and 4.8% if they're reading the Bible daily. So it's actually 582 times, or 582% higher for daily Bible readers than for those who rarely or never read it and again it's that's just one example there are other other places where you can see this throughout the report but the good news is that the evangelicals who are who are by their actions taking their faith very seriously are also taking generosity much more seriously right
0: uh, ron there 's another part of your study that I want to talk about a little bit in part because i i 'm interested in it, fascinated by these numbers, and I think they 're important but i don 't fully understand them either and I was hoping that maybe you could shed some light on them for me you You asked the question how many charities do evangelicals support and the you know the the big number the answer to that question is three point eight charities supported per year by the average evangelical donor, but there 's a pretty wide range um, Ten percent of evangelical donors support only one charity, and twelve um, percent support six or more charities and so that you know it's a one two three four five six it's a you know there it's it's pretty spread out here at ministry watch. I often encourage people not to spread your giving around to a large number of charities that you should um Give to your church first. That's this is kind of the message that we give here at Ministry Watch. Give to your church first and give to a small number of carefully researched organizations that you know a lot about and that you feel like God is calling you to support. Um, And I'm wondering, um, first of all, what you think of my advice to people, number one, and number two, does this data support that or not support that? It looks to me like it doesn't, because it looks to me like a lot of evangelicals are just emotional givers. They'll give to anybody who asks a little bit. They're not giving a lot, but they're giving a little bit. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, in terms of whether it supports what you're talking about, I get I could address that in two ways. One is, does that support that evangelicals are actually doing that? And the other is, does this support that that's a wise approach Uh, in terms of evangelicals actually doing that? I mean, this is this is an average of three point eight organizations, separate organizations outside of any church giving they do. And that's over the course of 12 months. So, you know, if you, if you look at it that way, that doesn't strike me as a, a, a huge number of, it doesn't strike me as just throwing 20 here and 15 here and five here and 10 here, right? It, it, uh, it seems that a significant proportion, majority of evangelicals are taking your, your position on this, which is, Let's limit it to a relatively small number of organizations. Now, of course, giving within the church um, that may also encompass a number of organizations because you've got the church itself. Larger churches often will have a food pantry or you know different things like that that are supported by the church. Then the denomination, like in the Southern Baptist Convention, there's the Lottie Moon offering, which is for you know for separate denominational work, etc. So they may actually be giving. Even more when you when you consider what's going on uh, through the church, right? But um, the evangelicals are not largely just kind of throwing dollars out there to willy nilly to to various organizations. You know, in terms of whether that's wise counsel or not, um, that's a that's a qualitative judgment that I I really not uh, prepared to address, but I will give you a, a little preview that we do. We, Gray Matter Research and Infinity Concepts, uh, partnered on some additional research that will be coming out in a couple of months, I believe it is, which is how evangelicals prefer to give and how they tend to give. So, do they tend to do research or do they give more spur of the moment? Mm -hmm. Do they prefer? Um, spreading out their money a little bit to a lot of causes, a little bit to a lot of organizations, or they prefer to concentrate it. So we will be getting into that uh, much more directly in some upcoming research. Yeah.
0: Ron, I wanted to come back to an issue that uh, I tabled earlier, and that is um, sort of the rise in crowdfunding and also uh, the kind of the difference that you see in giving based on age. Um, One of the things that your survey was able to Um, sort of uh, slice and dice a bit was giving by age group. And it's probably no surprise that older people are giving more to their church and to charities than younger people, and that people with higher incomes are giving more than lower incomes. But those differences are not really that stark, at least on the um, income level. In other words, uh, you would think that if somebody's making, you know, a quarter of a million dollars a year, that they'd be given a lot more to charity than somebody making, you know, $50,000 a year. And they give some more, but it's not really as much more as you might think, right?
1: Well, and again, it depends on whether you're talking about measuring it in terms of the raw number of dollars. They're being given, or measuring in terms of dollars compared to household income, uh, because those are those are fairly different things. People who are evangelicals who earn more money give more money. I mean, that's that's just if you look at let's just take average of giving to charities in the very lowest income level, the average for those who give is two hundred eight dollars annually to charities. When we're talking about the highest income level, $100,000 or more, that averages $1,842 per year. So a a pretty strong difference uh, among donors. Uh, But when you look at the generosity levels, those are not that radically different from household income level to household income level. Uh, The the under 30000 category does give a little bit less. But when you when you look at total giving, uh, the average percentage of household income given is 3.6% in the lowest income category. And that only rises to 4.1%. So basically, in the highest income category. So basically, wealthier or, or, or higher earning evangelicals absolutely give more. But as a proportion of their household income they're, they're really about as generous as the the medium income or lower income evangelicals. There just right. aren't a lot of differences.
0: And, th- and I want to uh, spend just a minute on this crowdfunding thing. Um, you've got some couple of charts in there uh, and you break it down by age. Uh, so for example, you ask oh, the ways of giving during the past three months by age group, you've got a chart that I found uh, interesting. And, um, to crowdfunding, thirty-four percent of Gen Z, thirty-four uh, percent gave to some sort of a crowdfunding campaign within the last three months. But among seniors, which in fact is the most generous group overall, only thirteen percent gave to a crowdfunding campaign. So that was nearly, near, not quite, but almost three times more uh, Gen Zers. Uh, gave to a crowdfunding campaign than seniors. And I'm just wondering what you think that bodes for the future. I mean, are we going to see uh, crowdfunding campaigns as as these Gen Zers and millennials? And by the way, the 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 line is pretty much straight down. The older you get, the less you give to crowdfunding. I mean, you know, Gen Z is 34% and millennials are 30% and Gen X is 22 and so on. Um, I'm just wondering what you think about what this bodes for the future, uh, especially as ministry leaders. Should they be looking at crowdfunding campaigns on a project-by-project basis in the future? Is that going to be maybe one of the implications for this data?
1: Well, one of the, one of the things we found is, is was not at all unexpected because I've been doing this for multiple decades, and it's something we have consistently found since I've been doing this, which is that older people give more, and they give more generously. And what tends to happen is younger people, as they, for various reasons, as they start earning more, as they start wanting to model behavior for their children, as they start thinking more about what is really the meaning of my existence here on earth, other reasons, as they age, they start turning into the larger givers, right? So today's 35 um, year old who doesn't give a lot is going to grow into tomorrow's. 65-year-old who gives fairly generously. but And so that's been a pattern we've seen over and over, and that's where things are right now. But there are some factors, some external factors, that suggest it may not continue like this. We may not see that growth. Uh, Younger people may, in fact, increase their giving as they get older. That doesn't mean they're going to go through traditional channels like the compassionate Internationals and Focus on the Families and American Red Cross and World Vision and, and all these large and small charities and ministries that we're all familiar with, right? And we we looked at in, a, in another survey that we talk about in this report, you mentioned the crowdfunding. Younger people are substantially more likely to give through crowdfunding than our older people. Younger people are significantly more likely to just give to a stranger in need, you know, slip $10 to Somebody who looks down and out or is struggling getting change out at a Burger King or something like that, right, instead of paying with a $10 bill. So there's, uh, and and then helping friends and family, helping people you know. Um, So there's some evidence that younger people, if they're already becoming used to these newer or alternative methods of giving, as opposed to doing what their parents and grandparents did, which is start giving to, you know, American Red Cross or whoever, um, as they age, that very well may continue. And so they may increase their giving, just like yesterday's younger people became today's more generous donors. Today's younger people may become tomorrow's more generous donors. That doesn't mean, given where they are right now, that that's going to be through the ministries and charities that are, that are currently doing their work. That may be through crowdfunding, that, and it may be through organized crowdfunding, or it may be through, you know, hey, uh, Jimmy just lost his job. Let's all pitch in a 20 and get him through the week of groceries, right? So, yeah, there, there's a lot of evidence here that organizations, that charities and ministries really need to be aware of for the long term. Now, is this going to affect them tomorrow? No, probably not to a great extent the day after tomorrow, the week after tomorrow, and, you know, 30 years down the future, yeah, it could have a major, major impact. It can be a sea change in how we think about giving. And so that, that is something that, that ministries and organizations really need to think
0: about. Well, Ron, we're going to run out of time here. Uh, so can you kind of bottom line it for me? I mean, when you, when you, I know you've been kind of dealing with this data, probably talking to, you know, journalists like me for a while. And, um, You've probably been thinking about this much more deeply than, all, than me or any of, the, any of our listeners. Uh, what's the big idea that you think is in this study?
1: For your typical listener, as I understand them, which is going to be the ministry leader, the church pastor, et cetera, in many cases, to me, w- one of the big things is leaders have spent so much time and so much effort talking about stewardship. And we don't see big changes in numbers, we don't see the evangelical population behaving quote unquote better than the non-evangelical population. So maybe it's time to rethink the whole stewardship approach. What we do see is those who are integrally involved in their faith being much more generous stewards than are those who are not. So maybe it's time to rethink all this separate teaching about stewardship you know, and, and because if you go to somebody and say the Bible talks about giving all this number of times and giving me this way, et cetera. And the person basically says, well, you know, that's great, but I don't really have time to read the Bible. I don't, I, I, it's not that critical to me. Well, why should they care what the Bible has to say on those topics? Right. So it may be that instead of this separate focus on stewardship that is so common in, in churches and ministries, Maybe what we need is more of a focus on discipleship, Christian uh, Christian behaviors, getting people more integrated into churches, encouraging Bible readership with the goal that the outgrowth of that, that the organic outgrowth of that will be an increase in stewardship and an increase in, in other desirable behaviors and a decrease in undesirable behaviors as, as well.
0: Yeah. Well, Ron, I think that's a really great word, and I really appreciate you uh, bringing it here at the end of our conversation. And I'm really grateful for this study as well. It's another, uh, another piece of great work from Gray Matter and Infinity Concepts. I have, um, I have, uh, you've trained me, my friend. Uh, everything you guys put out, I pay attention to, which is not always the case with, uh, with other organizations. So uh, congratulations on this study and uh, look forward to having you back on the program in the future. You've been listening to my conversation with Ron Sellers, the president of Gray Matter Research, which has just published a new study called The Generosity Factor, Evangelicals and Giving. Before we go, a quick reminder that this program exists because of your generosity, the generosity of readers and listeners. We take no money from the ministries we cover. There's no advertising on our website, no paywall. We are completely listener and reader funded. If you'd like to make a donation to Ministry Watch, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button tab at the top of the page. And if money is a little tight right now, hey, I get it. I've been there a time or two myself. You can still help the program. Just rate us on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the higher we rank with search engines. And that means other people can find us more easily. Rating us just takes a few seconds. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's a free, easy, and important way for you to support the Ministry Watch Podcast. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Ben Warwick. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.